Welcome to episode 344 of the Spokesman Cycling Podcast. This show was engineered on Thursday, 28th of December, 2023. The Spokesman Cycling Roundtable Podcast is brought to you by Turn Bicycles. The good people at Turn are committed to building bikes that are useful enough to ride every day and dependable enough to carry the people you love. In other words, they make the kind of bikes that they want to ride. Turn has e-bikes for every type of rider, whether you're commuting, taking your kids to school, or even carrying another adult. Visit www.turnbicycles.com, that's T-E-R-N, bicycles.com, to learn more. In this last episode of 2023, I talk with automotive engineering analyst, Cara Lang, who explains her new work on the modelling of hitting potholes. She describes how she recently spent £600 for a pothole-dinged car wheel, but goes on to explain that hitting the same pothole on her bike could have cost her her life. I'm Carlton Reed, and this episode could be literally, and certainly figuratively, the most impactful in the show's 17-year history. All right, you you direct messaged me uh, with a fascinating piece of research, which we will talk about, and, and hopefully at, at length, and you will very quickly discover how, how little science I know. Tell me, first of all, because you're an engineer, yes? I so am, this is your, this yes. Is your background. So give me your trajectory in life. Before we even get onto cycling, just tell me how you got into engineering and then segue into what you're doing now. I went the long way round into engineering. Um, I'm a mathematician by education. And when I finished, I finished a PhD um, and I decided I wanted to do something to make the world a little bit safer. So I decided that I was I wanted to work on car safety. Didn't know how I was going to do this. It turns out that just at that time, about 20-something years ago, finite element modelling was becoming the next big thing in car safety. So what car companies were starting to do and is now established practice is that they would take their car design and they would build a computer model of it. And then instead of running car crashes on actual cars, they would run it on in the computer model. Mm. Um, the way we build the model is you take your, your different parts of the vehicles and instead of being one large complicated shape, we turn them into lots of little, little pieces um, that we called fin- finite elements. And... It's quite simple to work out the physics for what's happening when you when you squash something, you know how much it's going to resist and how much it's going to push the next element in the chain. But you just have to do it about two billion times to model a car crash. Um, I went into that and I've been working on that now for 23 years, coming up for 24 years. Um, I started off working in full vehicle crash modeling um, and then I started working on a company for a company my current employer Vectane um, where we do a lot of what happens to people inside vehicles so that's my job and I'm a technical specialist there really enjoy it 
love talking about it, can talk about it for hours. Uh, but it means that I look at the world in the way of, okay, how can I look at that as a model? How can I understand what's going on and why it feels like that or why it looks like that or why something is reacting like that? Cara, it's, it's, it's a tough one to throw this on you because it's not, not your fault, but automotive um, crash test things in general clearly focus, as you were saying before, about the people inside the car. That's quite natural. Right. You want to you want to protect yes. your customer. The person who's physically buying that, you want to protect them. You're not really that fussed about the people outside because they're not buying your car. So do you also work on protecting people that are not inside the car? Well, this is interesting that about 2010, Euro NCAP, European New Car Assessment Programme, started looking at what happens to pedestrians outside the vehicle. And that was the first time that that requirement had come into place. There's now also a legal requirement for cars in Europe for, and, I believe, and to some extent in the States, for what happens if you interact heavily with somebody outside the vehicle, shall we say. Um, it's actually the sort of modelling that I really enjoy doing for the reasons that it's, it's more socially supportive. I'm trying to think of the right words there. It It's good for people outside the vehicle. It's not just a marketing thing of how safe can you keep your family, but how well can you carry out this responsibility to the people around your vehicle? And how, how well do they've had to meet those standards? So how well do you think companies are doing? They are doing better. But fundamentally, if you... Well, the, the regulations have now changed that or sorry, the Euro NCAP assessment has now changed so that it now models vulnerable road users, so it looks at cyclists as well. Um, it's, I think it's, it's been significant. It's now standard to consider that, standard to consider that in how vehicles are designed, and you can actually see that so that they are more um, vulnerable road user friendly. Um, yeah, so it's improved. It's still not as safe as the occupant. Because the, the Cybertruck, Tesla Cybertruck, you know, that's clearly never going to pass any European regulations. It's just it's a death machine on wheels for people outside the vehicle. I'm sure it's incredibly safe for people inside. But outside, that's just a death machine. And we don't want to see those kind of things coming across to, to Europe. We've got enough SUVs as it is. <laughs> More don't get me started on SUVs. <laughs> I have to be a little mm -hmm. careful when I say that. Yeah, I I was passed by, is it a Humvee the other day? I was cycling down a single track lane mm. uh, on my way home from work. And um, yeah, I pulled into a parking space and this thing went past me. And I don't even know if they knew I was there. It was enormous. Mm. If it hit mm. me, I don't think they'd have noticed. And yet the Cybertruck, I don't know whether there will be any publicly accessible results from testing. I'd be very interested to see how it performs. It's a truck, so it's quite possible it won't even need to pass through uh, any, any f uh, federal requirements. I don't know how it's going to be sold here. Uh, I, I, not, I think it's the easy answer to that one uh, for yeah. a very long time. And if they change the yeah, shape, I, yeah. maybe. Yes. The illustration on uh, the Vectane website is of a, a 
kind of like an estate car with probably quite big, wide, you know, nice crumple zones. And if you, you know, you get hit by that, you get thrown up, I'm assuming, and 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 then shoved to one side kind of thing. Whereas an SUV hits you and you just you just get you're splattered with an SUV hitting you. They're getting um, better, but I wouldn't want to be a six-year-old kid standing in front of one. No. So you mentioned cycling from work there. Yes. So what kind of cycling, apart from cycling to and from work, is it something that you've always done? Did you get into it late? Tell me your, your <laughs> cycling trajectory. My cycling trajectory. When I was a student, I couldn't afford the bus pass, so I bought a bike. And it turns out I actually really enjoyed it, even though that bike was so terrible that somebody burgled our shed and stepped over my bike to take all the others. Um cycling is part of my happy space it's how I get to and from work uh, as much as I can it's cheaper than the gym I cycle for leisure whenever I get the chance it's something I do with I've got a cycling buddy Uh, I try to cycle with my family but of course there's never enough cycling Uh, and Mm. cycling to and from work is just my way of fitting a little bit in uh, and getting a little bit fitter and reducing my carbon footprint it's the win-win-win-win mm. scenario for me. So since that previous bike that the thief stepped over, you've invested in something nicer? Yes, yes. Uh, yeah, I. it turns out I now have a winter bike and a summer bike, mm-hmm. <laughs> mainly so that in the winter uh, a lot of my route I take country lanes because it's quieter and it feels safer. Mm. But they're unlit and you can't see the potholes. Which is a great segue into your, wow, that's a professional segue into your research. So you, you contacted me. Yes. Uh, I, I was writing basically about the transport minister pretty much ignoring cyclists in this announcement about London's roads and a, and a, and a bit of cash that's going to be pumped into into road resurfacing in London. And he just he basically just, and, and in fact, the press release, the tra- Department of Transport press release, Pretty much 99.9% of it was motorists, 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 like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. And it kind of like, oh, maybe potholes affect cyclists as well, aren't they? It was just like a throwaway line right at the end. But then your research, yes, your research shows that is completely the opposite. Absolutely. So describe, I mean, yeah, I could describe this, but let, let you describe your graph to me, which shows this in. Absolutely. I mean, I don't have to be a scientist to realise, oh, that particular curve means that hurt compared to that particular bobbly little line, which is the motorist line. Yeah, it might, it might scratch a hubcap. They ain't going to die. So describe your graph. OK, well, what I did is I, I, I went around, me- I carried a tape measure around for a couple of weeks, measuring everything I could. Um, I have built a computer model of five different types of wheels. I've. Uh, my first question was, why do potholes hurt more when I'm riding my road bike than when I'm riding my mountain bike mm. type bike? Mm. Um, it's got fatter tyres, there's a lot more air in there, the rubber's thicker and so on. And then I thought, but what's it like for other road users as well? So I've, I, uh, I had a conversation with a friend where I said, can I please measure the wheels on your chair? Uh, I measured my my bike and I found um, an online model I found a paper describing the modeling of a car tire and we've there's there are a couple of open source car models out there and I also modeled a 
an e-scooter by finding one of those we've got higher scooters in in the city i live in so there's me standing there with my tape measure measuring it okay the mm. diameter is this how 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 squiddy does that feel trying to find out a little bit about the e-scooter tire and what i originally did is i dropped them all with an appropriate weight on them um which is the equivalent of riding off a 50 mil curb off into a 50 mil deep pothole hmm. uh, i'll go back to 50 mil in a moment um and I looked at the amount of G that the person or the top of the shock tower for the car would experience from dropping into that pothole. And basically, a car experiences about a third of the amount of acceleration that a road bike does. So it explains why when I when I drop into a pothole, it hurts. I've... Since run the what happens when you ride out of the pothole and it's even more stark that cars are designed to drive over curbs and bikes, scooters and wheelchairs really aren't. That the amount of force that somebody riding a bike has to be able to control with their hands is, we're talking about 300, somebody giving you 300 kilograms to hold suddenly. And uh, yeah. And that explains why it's quite difficult to ride into and out of a pothole. You, you mentioned shock tower before. Yeah. That's on the car. I mean, I'm assuming that's just the suspension yeah. system. Is that yeah. your definition of a shock tower? Yeah, the top of the suspension system. Um, I think I sent you some images. I've taken as little as I can of the car model because mm. my, my work are happy to let me do this, but I need to kind of sneak it through when we're not running big crash models of something else um i, I do recommend people i mean i'm gonna post this high-res version of the graph that you did post to me on twitter but then you sent me this this high-res version mm. i will post that on uh, on the show website so people can go and scare themselves silly basically <laughs> by looking at this and and, and probably it, it will go semi-viral in that when anybody comes and says oh look my you know my car was you know hubcap was dented by this this pothole just show this graph yeah. Like, yeah but look what it happens you know with you know obviously cyclists die they do when they go into these they things do. which is what you're you're you're, you're modeling here so the shock tower we, we've 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 kind of got that definition so the mtb the mountain bike one again that was that's a suspended product you, you are talking about a suspended mountain bike but no. a mountain bike with front suspension or what i just took that that one's nice and simple i just took it from the middle of the wheel i didn't i didn't have any model for a mountain bike suspension so i took so there would be a little bit of extra give in the system hmm. um yeah so a mountain bike is is an optimist is sorry is a pessimistic curve and suspend hmm. it shows how suspension would help but this brings me back to to one of my initial questions. When I'm cycling along and I thought, I wonder about that, the next lunchtime I, I logged on to um, my institution's library and started looking for information about what people had already done, looking at the amount of, the amount of um, force that is experienced through a cycle, hitting mm. an obstacle or dropping into a pothole. And there was nothing. Nobody has done this work as far as I can find. 
Um, mm. uh, I haven't spent hours and hours going through the literature search, but there really isn't anything out there. And that's quite shocking. It's. I'm also going to bring it back, if I may, Carlton, to the 50 mil. I chose 50 mil. Most mm. councils in the country assess their potholes by they've they've moved over to a risk-based assessment of potholes and they it has to be 40 mil deep and however big it needs to be Mm. the county i live in they don't count unless they're 50 mil deep is there no there's no government regulation say it has to be this deep this is a each council does each different oh okay yeah so in Uh, well, I'm in Essex, and in Essex, unless it is big enough for a car wheel to fall into, and unless mm. it is at least 50 mil deep, it doesn't count as a risk. So I actually, I sent the initial graphs that I sent to you initially, um, I sent to my council, and I've never heard anything back. Yeah, because it's almost like, well, yeah, of course that's going to hurt a cyclist. Yeah. What's the way you tell us something we didn't know? Uh, I mean, that, that, that's 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 part of you know the, the, the kind of the cynical thing here is like, mm. well, of course, yes, but of course, but that that, that isn't how the Ministry of Transport press release uh, no. showed it at all. It really was this is hurting motorists. Yes, you know, it was like in cyclists just we were just not in the equation here. But at this point, Cara was called away, so that's a great spot to cut away to my colleague David for a quick ad break. This podcast is brought to you by. Turn Bicycles. The good people at Turn understand that while a large cargo bike can carry oodles of stuff, many of us prefer something, well, a little more manageable. That's why they've come up with the HSDE Cargo Bike for folks with big aspirations to go car-free, delivered in a compact size. With its rear shock to 80 kilos and a combined hauling capacity of 180 kilos, The robust new HSD is stable and easy to maneuver, even when under load. And with its Bosch e-bike system, tested and certified to meet the highest UL standards for electric and fire safety, you'll be able to share many worry-free adventures with a loved one, whether it's your kiddo or nan. Visit www.turnbicycles.com to learn more. Thanks, David. And we are back with Cara Lang and her work on the computer modelling of dropping into potholes. So your work, all right, with 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 this, this is a very graphic thing that you could um, uh, uh, show the powers that be. Uh, and that's something that's like quite physical compared to, you know, here is this cyclist who died from this, which which would think would actually be more powerful yeah. in many respects but often isn't. Whereas this is something that anybody can look at and go, oh, yeah, yeah, we need to fix those potholes because look at that. But what cyclists, when they, when they when they sadly die from hitting potholes, it generally isn't the pothole that's killed them. It's generally, I'd have to, again, do a literature research on this and, and find out exactly, but it tends to be hit pothole, you know, wobble, and then fall into... Uh, moving motor traffic that's following behind that aren't braking quickly enough and they get squished unfortunately from yeah. that um so is this what's happening you base that 300 gram weight you suddenly got there makes you wobble you're not you're probably yes. not going to die from the pot there's no other vehicles around you're probably okay it's the other vehicles around that's going to kill you yeah i it 
cycling off a pothole like that, I don't think I've got the strength or the reactions to control it. I don't have the skill to control it. Um, it mm. would be, that is the kind of thing that would take somebody off their bike. We also have potholes around here that because they are wedge-shaped, you can find yourself with your wheel completely trapped and no way of getting out of it. So, yeah, they're a real mm. risk for cyclists in a way. In a car, it's uncomfortable. I mean, I recently had to pay 600 quid for a new wheel after a pothole uh, on a country lane. Um, but I'd far rather be paying £600 than having bits of me put back together or be paying or having my family pay for my funeral yes yes that 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 again that is the the, the reality behind your your graph there so tell me that the practical applications of your graph what what could activists do with your graph what could you do with that graph i've had do some more on this on my to-do list since this was work that i did during furlough so I've had to do more with this. One of the questions that somebody asked on your Twitter thread is what is the difference between a 50 mil curb and a 40 mil curb? And my plan is to run that and find out, to quantify what the increase in, I'm not going to say perception, what the increase is of experience, because I think that minimising that acceleration pulse that is felt through the arms through the bike through the wheelchair that's got to be a good thing it needs to be reduced so that i mean if we say if if councils are saying that a car can that a pothole needs to be repaired when a car experiences that kind of jolt then we need to reduce the standards so that when a cyclist or a wheelchair user or a scooter user experiences that kind of jolt, how do we need to change the requirements so that the risk level is the same for all road users? So could you do, say, effective dropping into a 10 millimetre pothole, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, going up, and, and then you just yes. plot that out as, look, if it's this level this is what's going to happen. So you really ought to be doing potholes at, say, 30 millimetres. Is, is that what you can do with your your research? You can actually plot all these things out and think, look, if it hits this depth, you've got to do something about it. I think so. Um, but what I am aware is that, for example, my estimate of the e-scooter wheel is wrong. I know it's wrong. When you look at the animations, it's a bit squidgy. It just doesn't look right. So I would welcome any input from anybody who's ever stuck an accelerometer on their bike and gone through a pothole to find out what actually happens in the real world. This is, from my point of view, an initial model, and it's as good as I can make with the data I've got, but I don't have all the data I would like. See, there's, there's two answers to that. Well, there's, there's, there are two things that pop in my mind. Uh, the last show, in fact... Uh, with Mr. and Mrs. McAleese, who've now moved to Australia, their tech, which uh, is the you know the C Sense lights, well that has an accelerometer and that does track um, events, you know pothole events, um, and then you know uh, uh, plots on maps when it's linked to a uh, linked to a, uh, the iPhone when when you you can opt in basically to to so the data is shared anonymized but shared, so potentially C Sense would have some of that data 
So I'll put you in touch with with them because I'm sh- I'm sure I'm sure they would love I'm this because this notes. is right. Please do. Like it, it's sort of a joke here, but also real. Right up their street. Um, uh, this this kind of modelling um, will will be yeah. good to their mill. Put it that way. Um, but also just iPhones and 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 Google Pixel phones and 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 smartphones in general. They do have accelerometers, so presumably you could an app could be created. To measure this, either in the sea sense terms, it's like it's just happening all the time. You just fit the light and you just you forget it, or you could genuinely go over. You know, stunt stunt doubles could go over potholes and 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 see yeah. if your graph is the real world. Yes, absolutely. We and um, we we just compare information. I mean, I've got a model of uh, of different sizes of wheels. I can make more models. I'd love to see it. I'd also be really interested to see, to understand from a wheelchair user's mm. point of view, how it affects them, because I've modeled what happens at the wheel, but how does that affect mm. the wheelchair user? So this, the, the, the model that you've got here, of you hit the, the lip of the pothole and you go down into the pothole as a wheelchair user, scooter user, cycle user. You're probably going to hardly notice it in a car. We've we'll kind, of, we'll kind of established that. But then what you're saying before was it's actually coming out. That is potentially, and, and that's the work you're, you're still doing or you, you need to do more work on. Yeah. It's the coming out that is potentially the, the worst bit. Yeah, it, it appears to be. I'm getting much more sharp pulses. They're called pulses, the curves. I'm getting much sharper pulses. And the, the issue is... It appears to be that the rubber does everything it can, but if the pothole is too deep, then the rim of the metal hits the rim of the wheel, then mm. hits the structure. And on a car tire, because you have got 100, 200 mil of space before you risk bottoming out that's why it's not anywhere near as much an issue on a car wheel as it is on a road bike. Wheels are really thin it makes sort of sense that it's going to hurt hitting the second lip because the first lip is you're dropping yes. down you can imagine your your tire and perhaps your, any suspension you've got will maybe cope with that but if you're then traveling i mean some of these potholes are pretty big and you might travel a, a few, yeah. a, a, perhaps half a meter a meter before you hit the lip but it is that second bit where you've got to be very careful of what's happening coming out. So just that, that appreciation yeah. alone can be like a, a lifesaver. Yes, absolutely. And also, what if you don't hit the edge, the the exiting edge straight? What if you hit it wonky? How can you... I haven't modelled that, but I can... It's something that we can... Models can become as complicated as we want them. How much strength do you need in your arms to be able to control that? yank of the wheel now here in northumberland i don't know how and uh, you know you said it's bad in essex but in northumberland we, we had caverns you know almost literally caverns and uh, you, you, you <laughs> lie down in them and 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 and, yeah. and hardly be seen by anybody yeah they're pretty deep so northumberland is notoriously bad for potholes and I'm, I'm maybe essex is is the same but councils need to be shamed. I know the Cyclist Touring Club, as of old, you know, we are cycling, um, Cycling UK of today, they were pretty big on potholes um, previously. 
And I've been looking just recently, yes. when, I, when we was doing this, I was thinking, oh, when was their pothole stuff? And they haven't done anything for, for a wee while. They haven't really resurrected their campaign. They had an app, you know, fill that pothole. They had all this sort of like campaigning materials built around potholes and the prevention of and the filling in of. And they seem to have died away again. Hopefully this research could actually help them with statistics and with, with graphs, literally with graphs, actually resurrect that campaign so councils northumberland essex wherever you live can be shamed into filling these things in that would be wonderful and i'm happy to talk to anybody i mean fundamentally my issue is i dislike potholes as a cyclist and i'd like them to all go away please um anything i can do to encourage appropriate repair of potholes we've Round the corner from me, they've recently filled a load of potholes in that are wheel size, but they they've chosen not to fill in the ones that are cycle tire mm. size round the corner. Um, anything that encourages a wider acceptance of who road users mm. ki- might be, that's, that, and that's good for putting the wheelchair in as well. Um, is that like a standard wheelchair with solid tires? Is that what kind of wheelchair was that? Was that like a road cycling type wheelchair? <laughs> this was. Can I find any wheelchair tires online to get any dimensions out of them? It's an airfield wheel t- uh, airfield tire. I'd quite like to do a rubber one, but I've not been in a not been in a position to take somebody's uh, wheelchair wheel apart and have a look at what it's made of. <laughs> Because that thing literally saves us in that the air, the pneumatics in a in a tire literally saves us. You know, it doesn't just make it more comfortable. We can hopefully yeah. hit a pothole yeah. and survive as long as we don't hit that wobble and then get hit from behind. Yes, speaking at, speaking as an engineer, this has actually been really interesting. Looking at how the tire works, looking at how it stretches and how it bulges and how it recovers to carry on doing its normal job of just going round. So it's you're using interesting. Your Vectane is allowing you to use their finite element modeling computers to do this. But is this your is this a spare time thing? So this is like a lunch break or something, and then they're not expecting yeah. you to um, yes. uh, come up with anything practical for their business, or, or or might you be able to? I think I th- I think there is plenty of scope here. Um, unfortunately, I can't afford to become a customer of my own company, so. Uh, if anyone is out there and wants wants some modelling done, the groundwork is already there. It would be really affordable. <laughs> and I'd love to do it for you. Um, at present, it isn't, we don't have a client for this. If anyone, if anybody is interested in this, if any councils are interested in this in a more well-defined assessment of what risk-based pothole repairs should look like, I'm, I'm, Definitely, you're, I'm definitely the analyst you need to talk to. Well, on, on that note, Cara, and it has been fascinating, and, and as you said before, you could talk for hours about uh, your day job. Uh, we could talk for hours about uh, defamation of tyres going into, into potholes. But we can't speak for hours and hours and hours, so we've got to stop at some point. So this is a perfect juncture, I guess, to, to say uh, who you are and, and how people can contact you. Okay, well, the best... The most detail on this is on my LinkedIn profile. Um, my name's pretty, there's not many of us. It's pretty obvious who I am if you look for me. And the laying, I just better say, is L L A I N G. 
Yes. And it's Cara with a K. That's been fascinating to talk to you. I'm going to go away and I'm going to try and link you up with interested parties here. Um, uh, Seasense, Cycling UK, uh, they should be doing something on this because it's it's absolutely essential work you're doing there. And it's work that I didn't even know uh, hadn't been done. So that's that's pretty scary. Exactly. Exactly. That's what shocks me most about this. Um, Fundamentally, really selfishly, I'd like to get this published somehow in some format in a journal would be great, but in a magazine would be great. And then I can put it in front of my council and say, look, your 50 mil assessment for curb depth, for for pothole depth is inadequate. You need to reduce it or you need to think about where you apply that and make it genuinely risk-based and not just motor normativity risk-based. Thanks to Cara Lang there, and thanks to you for listening to episode 344 of the Spokesman Podcast, brought to you in association with Turn Bicycles. Show notes and more can be found at the-spokesman.com. The next episode will be out next year. Yeah, yeah, dad joke. Uh, But meanwhile, get out there 